welcome to episode 38 of Dream Signs in the Times. I'm Lori Lacey, and today we're going to go with episode 4 or section 4 of Mind Matters. This is going to be talking about uh, the multi layered approach to thinking about the mind today. And I'm going to attempt to go into an oracle type mode. Again, I think we all have access to these kinds of things. But um, to get into that improvisational state where the stuff comes out of some of the deeper layers is the, the goal for this. So we'll see where it goes. And I hope you follow me there. So the layers of the mind, the reason I chose this as uh, a model for that kind of thing is that the I, well, I've been watching things uh, on you know Netflix and other shows and or other um, channels and stuff about different layers of geological formations and uh, even I was watching uh, a baking show the other day and somebody had made the different uh, layers of the earth into a cake and and it was a spherical shape and that kind of idea that there are layers to things and they're all integrated to a certain degree to make this holistic functioning. Um, it can be an entity or, or however you want to look at the earth as kind of an entity in that way, you know, uh, with the spirit of the earth and all that. But, um, and they all have different kind of functions that help keep the balance of the whole. But uh, as, as the, the mind shows its layers, what's difficult about it is that we are used to this top layer of things being the truth. And if you look at, at the earth as a model for that, the we are standing on the topsoil of it so everything that happens that is above that is more visible it's more available to the senses it's more understandable to to the senses and then you get to the deeper layers and see how they influence the top layer and this may seem almost elementary of like well yeah of course the mind works in a similar way but the in- integration of the the ideas of how the external and the internal world relate to each other uh the the there's a it is fascinating how those kinds of things uh are um uh, representative of the internal world and we've seen that with how solar systems look like atomic structures and things like that so that internal idea of the the smaller atomic structures is is similar to the way the solar systems and uh, star um, patterns function externally. You've got that the nucleus being the star and then the, the electrons and protons and all that stuff being uh, the planets and moons and, and, and things like that. So, but with that model, we're going to try, use, use the earth as a model and the, the internal, the, the way dreams are, um, the way we interpret dreams are have a lot to do. It, it's symbolic in that same way. It's representative. The external has has a representation of the internal world in in its certain way. And so uh, I keep using the the uh, symbol of how we're inside a car. So a car in dreams usually has a representation of the human body. Anything that we'd be walking around in. So. Um, 
with this idea of the the different layers of the mind you have the the psychological explanation which is the subconscious mind and 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 some people call it the unconscious mind and then there's the autonomic functions like the breathing and how that relates to keeping the body alive and how i mean that's represented in dreams too in that probably that car kind of scenario but um and and other ones not that's not the only one but so they're interrelated like that they are somewhat layered the layers uh, interact with each other they aren't you know stratified perfectly they aren't delineated in an easy way they're fluid uh kind of like how things would be in in a in water if you were going to uh add different um L, uh different substances to water like oil and and things that some things will sink some things will rise to the top and there will create this stratification but if you move the whole thing there's a wave-like integration that occurs and sometimes emulsion occurs uh where it's all dissipated within that and so um this idea that we are just this functioning external thing that happens to have dreams and stuff like that. The The layers of that are important to keep into consideration. And the chakras themselves are a little bit of, of that layering of the mind getting spread out in a way that we can kind of look at it. Because the root chakra is that survival instinct. That's the probably a lot of the autonomic uh, functions like breathing and and our heartbeat and all that are likely related to that root chakra area and then you get up into the sacral chakra the orange one the roots the red and the orange one which is the um the emotional survival the procreation area for a lot of situations you know all, all that uh maternal instinct paternal instinct those kinds of it's still related to uh the survival mechanisms but it's the emotional uh, expression of that which creates magnetization towards different behaviors and uh, those things that that grease the wheels for the root chakra to do its um, thing in the survival and, and and the extension of the the human race and all that through uh, procreation and then the next one up is the a part of the mind that is the control center it's that consciousness of navigating it's ego related in a lot of ways it's the yellow um, solar plexus it's I'm in my chakras right now as I'm talking about them. So that's why it's going to be trippy and English may not happen very well, but I don't care. We're going to do this. And so um, we get into that control center and it's uh, how, how how we make the choices to navigate things in a certain way. That, that's what a lot of what is happening in the solar plexus. It is it is a hub of, of you know, it's a nerve center uh, hub um, and so I, I kind of see it as that place where sensory input is run through that lower chakra survival thing and is the choice, the ability to make certain choices happens from some of that area. And that's, that, that's a layer of how the mind works. Also, you get into the heart. Oh, you know how much I love the heart. I mean, I keep talking about it, the heart chakra, 
And I kind of live there as much as possible. And when things are going well, it's just so easy to sink into that and have everything kind of follow suit. And it's the green green area in terms of like the color expression of it, which basically means it's all the colors except green if you're looking at the spectral ref- the reflection. Um, so the... <laughs> Man, I don't want to get into like color theory right now because I'm not sure exactly how that would apply. Maybe maybe the chakra system is more of a just like expression of those colors, but you can take it into that scientific area and, and you know you can see that all encompassing aspect of the heart chakra. It's it's much more, I believe, than just that next chakra up. It's I've always called it the mediator between the survival chakras, which are the lower ones, and the spirit chakras. And it crafts the creative beauty of our existence and helps us navigate how we bring spirit onto this planet and how we we, um, are able to translate that into a language and it's it's that, that that we can communicate to other people and it it doesn't need words in that sense but it um it works in conjunction with the throat chakra to convey that kind of thing but it is a thing in and of itself in that in that way that the it, it encompasses that pure energy of being alive and a lot of times wanting to bring the the highest level of existence to bear i have uh you know, I can feel dark elements, uh, yin-yang elements in that chakra too. And there has to be a, like a certain type of balance with, with it also. And if you bring the yin-yang part of, of things into the chakra system, it creates some very interesting um, artifacts, I think. I'm not going to go too much into that, but it's uh, it's not good and bad, but it's definitely kind of internal, external, dark and light, all those kinds of expressions of things. And I'm not a believer that dark is evil. It's just the the internal or the the mysterious or the not easily translatable into external terms. So, And if you look at the Earth's core and uh, all the layers of rock and soil and all those things, they kind of match up with that um, model of, you know, the, the molten rock could be construed as the, um, root chakra, but it could also, if you looked at it in a spherical way, it could also be the heart center and all the other layers kind of move out from that. Um, I try not to be too linear in how I describe things or how I uh, experience things. It, It happens because it helps to collapse certain things onto timelines or, um, two dimensional, um, mental pictures or graphs or whatever to, to make it understandable to the analytical mind, but it's not the be all end all. Uh, a lot of times we are, we are, um, experiencing things so devoid of, of aspects of language that it, it's hard to put terminology on those feelings and there are communications going on that way all the time too. So if we go up through the other chakras, the, the throat chakra is going to be how we communicate a lot of that. And um, it's it's interesting because that has kind of a mediator sense to it also. 
we we have a lot of sensory input coming in through that that throat chakra area. There's the the ears are involved. The eyes are part of that. Um, I, obviously, the ears are probably a little more um, involved in that chakra because the eyes can you know be associated with the the third eye also. But there's a oh man, it's funny because I had vertigo not too long ago and. The vertigo is a, according to uh, the chiropractor and acupuncture pe- people that I see, is um, where the coordination between the ears and the eyes uh, is not optimal because the ear crystals are out of place. And it's it's a strange feeling when that coordination is, is out of balance. And I, I worked through it and I was able to do certain things to uh, the Epley maneuver works for me. Um, to get the ear crystals back in place. And, and I haven't had a problem with it since I worked through that. But when those things are out of balance and uncoordinated like that, it, it causes the awareness to have to go into this mode of uh, balancing that kind of thing and finding solutions to the problem. And um, so it begs a lot of questions as to why did it go out of balance? I mean, it could be a number of things. Usually there's a stress component with me that sets that, uh, spiral into motion and I was able to back it out of the spiral, but it's, it's, um, boy, it took some exploration and follow up and, and, uh, things like that. So uh, I'm a, I'm a believer in, when I do Reiki or I do Reiki on myself when I'm in those situations and uh, in a pr- very protective manner so that uh, I can get the full benefit of it without kind of external um, energies sort of causing problems with that. And so with that direct input, to me, the healing power of Reiki and things like that is not just in the energy actually reattuning things, which is very important. But it's also about how you have the ability to explore and, and allow for the solutions to come to you that might be external also. So it's a connectivity to the solution. And trusting that as it's happening when you're trying to coordinate some difficulty like that is, is, is finding that still point and just getting in there and going, I know that this is the, there's a way to, there's a solution to this problem and there's a way to get to the balance again and trusting that and then allowing for the external world to show up with those things. And there's a lot of angel energy with that. Um, And that's what I call it is angel energy because it feels like that energy that is so benevolent and so abundant that you don't have to worry about it. It's just there. And, and the one part of that that we have to um, activate is uh, the allowing of that or the getting out of a, the way of those protective energies so that they can do their job. And that takes a little bit of um, conscious effort to allow the awareness to get to that very pure state where it is just pure awareness without um, judgment or coming to conclusions or um, expectation because the expectation bubble tends to shut out a lot of what is possible because we want to have control over how it comes. We don't, we get to initiate that it comes, but we don't always have the capacity to know or see how it comes. And that is a layer of the mind that is able to 
a, if we can get out of the way that uh, uh, that top layer of the awareness and the consciousness, if we allow that other layer that is a, a membrane or a, um, a, a gateway to what is in everybody with that um, higher awareness, the angel energy, the uh, pure abundance of the universe, that thing that we are part of that we have trouble wrapping our minds around, that kind of thing, allowing for that to come through and realizing that, you know, using our hands or our senses or our um, our analytical mind to force something to happen or to uh, try to outsmart some aspect of things. Uh, we don't need that. It's it's kind of this thing that's in the way. So that layer of the mind, it permeates everything. And it's part of what we use to 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 tune, but we have that trust and people have called it faith in other uh, modalities of spirit. Uh, I call it trust because trust is a little less um, loaded term of a term to use to have access to those, those energies. And that level of trust is something that is like a muscle you have, a person has to kind of and I don't mean that in, in the sense that you have to do something you should or anything. It's in my experience, I need to keep it exercised. I need to keep it E-X-E-R, not E-X-O-R, <laughs> exercised. Um, so that it is flowing in a sense from those areas where it is um, powerful and abundant in ways that are way beyond what we're able to see or do on this planet from the vantage point of, of control and, you know, trying to muscle things in a negative way to, to happen takes a lot of our own energy. And when you do uh, healing work, you're drawing from energy that is abundant. You don't have to give of your own supply. I've talked about that in different ways too, that anything that's running through the heart chakra, if you're not feeling a hundred percent, uh, physically or mentally perfect when you're healing somebody you can take a little bit for yourself as it comes through because guess what it's been it's abundant it's so infinite beyond what we uh can think of it's not like you know energy that is of the planet where you know when you when your gas tank runs out of gas you've got to go fill it up again uh it's it's a constant flow more like how tesla was using the the ground to to have uh the the light bulbs i don't know if anybody knows that story but um the light bulbs were it was a perpetual energy situation and um that could be legend but i happen to believe that it's possible um that there is perpetual energy out there that doesn't run out so um but definitely in the spirit world we are of that and we're made of that and this um, the more we develop that awareness, the more accessible it is and the more abundantly it flows, just like anything that you're working on, um, getting out of the way and clearing the debris of our, our negative thought patterns, which hang, hang up these things. It stops the flow of that kind of thing. And coming to conclusions clamps down on that. And uh, coming to judgments clamps down on that. And so does um, this expectation thing that we are so addicted to. It's like be, by doing that, by being so lost in this expectation, these, these stagnant bubbles that we throw out of expectation, we get stuck in this 
um, sense of time where it isn't timeless and eternal, but it is like uh, we are some part of us is stuck in the future and it seems ass backwards to be stuck in the future, but it is a thing. And so I'm deep in the shed right now with the, uh, I did move my mouse just now to make sure that the, the, um, computer was still up, but like, as soon as I close my eyes, I'm back in that, that zone. And, um, this awareness and flow is so fun. That's the other part is like, you know, we're all pretty bored with aspects of the external world sometimes. And I, I do my best to stay excited. And I, it's pretty easy to do that as long as I keep catching the flow, though. It's like being a constant surfer and seeing a wave and going, okay, I, I showed up at this beach for a reason. Here's that wave I was trying to catch. And then uh, realizing that, yes, I'm deserving of this wave. Yes, this wave I can catch and it will take me in ways that I can, couldn't fathom and that I didn't project in the future. Uh, you're right in the moment with that wave and you ride it along and it takes you places that you want to go because you picked that particular beach. But you're not going to always know exactly how it does that. And there's a harmony to all that. And it's so beautiful. Um, so as we go up through the chakras, as far as the mind layers, uh, getting into that third eye, boy, what a, an amazing area of the existence. This is so underrated. And it's one of those things where I think the synesthesia that I experience, I think it's centered in that area, that pineal gland area. And when everything is harmonizing and the senses are not exploded so far away from each other and they're in coordination, there is a, um, again, harmony that occurs that causes things to flow through that area that are just incredible. And when they are uh, balanced with the heart, almost initiated by the heart or um, there's definitely a duet of some kind happening though between those two areas. It's amazing what can happen and the the um, coordination and working on harmonization of those two areas is just such a, a powerful thing. It's and, and as I'm, my eyes are closed, I'm following this line of energy. There's a helix coming about and I see the third eye is this purple stream of light combining in a spiral with the uh, green of the heart and creating this helix of uh, manifestation that is just, it's friggin' incredible. And it's, even, no matter how we relate to those concepts, a person doesn't have to relate to it the way I do with the colors and the synesthesia. And I apologize if that gets old to hear about, but it's, it's how I perceive the world. And the more the, um, I think that this, the the senses harmonize, um, the more I think we get a bigger picture of what is happening. Uh, There's that, there's a globe, um, like a spherical energy ball happening in my brain right now, or my mind, um, that, is showing me how that when those things are harmonizing and they're not as separated uh, in their duties as like, well, touch is assigned to this right now and so separated from uh, hearing and sight that that they can't, um, 
you know, breathe the world in, in the, in its full energy pattern, then, or breathe existence or breathe spirit, all those things, all those layers breathing at one time into, uh, this wave, then, um, I think we miss out, but I'm, I'm there right now. Like we're, uh, we're following this thing and there, oh man, this is really cool. So, um, there's a, man, I'm losing the words, um, sense of, combining of all these things together and then that purple uh color with the um the crown chakra and then the white with the and gold with the chakra that's 18 inches above the head I use the seven or eight chakra system to describe these layers uh there are more than that there's more uh to all that energy stuff but this provides a lot of um stuff to to uh, work with and everything's kind of related to those areas uh, um, also so but the um, the the crown it's it's interesting because a, a purple that's that purple <laughs> is uh, a combination of a lot of colors and and then the white is a combination of all the colors and that is almost like the observer, the spirit observer, taking in how we are flowing through the this um, this energy of existence. So, and I believe it's timeless up through that or from that vantage point. So timelessness, I'm going to keep sort of arguing for that ability to uh, not gauge things so much by time if we use time like chronometers like clocks and watches and um phones with you know different alarms on them and stuff like that if we use that as as a tool I think it's a great thing but you know there's sometimes when I literally feel younger than I was when I was 20 and there are times when I feel older than the oldest fossil that we've ever found on the planet and accepting those uh, feelings and uh, realizing that we're sensing our relationship with the way the planet works, but realizing that there's a part of us or, or even the amalgamation of the spirit and the body can be timeless in a certain way. This is, this is an important vantage point to cultivate, I believe, and to to draw from because we make so much of time that we do get caught in these loops of like either getting pulled too far in the past because of unresolved issues or too far into the future because of expectations, which are influenced by those things that happened in the past. So the reason we would feel like we don't have enough time for something is, is that we're trying to resolve something that occurred in the past. So everything gets kind of splintered and um, exploded into such a way where there's separation of the senses, there's separation of the layers of thinking and of the layers of existence of the mind. So let's visualize, and if you're driving, obviously keep your eyes on the road, but um, at some point in the day or night or whenever, visualize harmonization of the layers of the mind and see what comes of that. The, um, there's all kinds of yin-yang, dark and light, 
internal, external components to that. But let's take take the idea of that separation out of the mix and work from that idea of the white light, the harmonization of all those things. It's weird because I my phone just screamed at me like not audio audio in an audio way, but like it um there was a point where i was holding the phone talking into the microphone and this white light exploded from as it as it came on and i didn't set it off and i'm not trying to like make up sort of these like you know experiences of oh something happened even though we've had a couple of podcasts where it was like oh where did that come from you know a sound would come out of somewhere uh when i was talking about certain things but um, it did just happen where it was just, I said the white light thing and then the white light from my phone just went. Whoosh. So, uh, we're getting a little bit of resonance from the universe on that. And, and we don't always need this kind of validation, but it's kind of fun when it is. And it's, it's, an, those things are, are indicators. They're indicators that we're on the right path. thing. if you get an external, um, resonance thing or, um, synchronicity, it's, it's, it it has meaning in that moment and it's a lot of times uh arresting the senses and trying to get that holistic thing to happen where it's everything's in harmony but it it's also there as this indicator that yes you're on the right track with things um we make a lot of out of validators because um you know especially with psychic readings and stuff uh oh wow that thing really happened that they say uh, they said would come true or oh they saw that thing in the ether and or they talked to the loved one across the way um, that it crossed over. And those are all amazing things, but that's not the whole story. The whole story is this harmonization and getting in touch with this, uh, the spirit side of things. And for, for people who are, feel like they're, you know, hanging on by a thread to the planet, if there's any way to connect with that bigger thing in the sense that it will make some of these external, um, issues less, daunting I'm hope that's what I'm hoping with certain a lot of these things with the podcast so um I went into the mode thinking there was going to be more like an oracle element I don't see things that are pointing me towards the future like I was uh maybe seeking in that sense but I did get this feeling that uh as I was talking through this that that there the it's funny because I, I had sort of thought about the layers of the chakras and everything as part of the mind layers, but I didn't expect to go so deep, deeply into that. And I think that was where I was supposed to go with this particular wave that got initiated. So uh, don't let anybody talk you out of your power. And, you know, some of this stuff is meant to just spark how you relate to these things. All of it's meant to spark that. I may be using terminology that doesn't uh resonate with your beliefs but it's not meant to be exclusive in that way because you know how I feel so I was going back and through this uh podcast and listening because I always try to just you know check and see if there's anything I want to add or anything where I just totally don't uh say what I was going after and um so I didn't I didn't edit anything but I kind of redid this ending because I forgot to continue the correlation with the the chakra system with the mind layers and um the root chakra again is related to those uh functions but it could be seen as a correlation with the brain stem and there there may be writings on this I just haven't run across them 
But uh, the chakra system is ancient. Uh, it's 1500 BC to 500 BC is what I looked up and saw that, you know, that's about when uh, it, it came into uh, a, a way of explaining the mind and the aspects of the energy centers of our existence. And these things can be seen as metaphors, but it was that was ancient people's way of understanding how we are experiencing the world, but they do have correlations with the rest of the brain. Um, as you get higher, you get closer and closer to the front of the brain, which is the frontal lobe and where all the, a lot of the moral centers uh, are activated and different or located. And um, everything in between, you know, the, the amygdala can be related to those lower uh, emotional reactions and things like that. And um, the I would say the pineal gland is related to the third eye because it's right there. And that's interesting in and of itself because it's located in the actual area where the brain is. And I'm, I'm sure there are cool things with that particular parallel. But um, so uh, the, the whole point of this is to get people thinking about how these layers of the mind um, – how we're how we're navigating them and using them during the day or experiencing them. I was just thinking about how the dream state could be uh, a little particle of an idea that floats from, let's say, a, the spirit world or outer space, or we're you know it's a radio antenna that we pick up this little piece of information, and it runs through the mind layers and picks up debris like a comet would, or not debris in a negative way, but like. Um, information from these different layers and brings that to our uh, mind's eye and awareness. And the thought of that, that came from just like jumping around in this this uh, cosmic ocean that we initiated with the beginning of this podcast and um, looking around and going, wait a second, you know, if we if these things are kind of fluid layers that, you know, interact with each other and, and maybe spill into each other a little bit, that some the dream is like the if we're looking for yet another analogy or metaphor um just the the little part of the oyster that uh, creates the pearl you know it's it's going through all these different areas of the mind and picking up information and then uh, amalgamating it or uh, coalescing it into this thing that that we're learning from and it's teaching us in that way that's why dreams are so important to me and uh, important to explore. And I like to read different sources and, you know, get into different ideologies and things like that. But I also know that with that information, uh, we have to go into that unknown and explore a lot of that ourselves if we want to understand it in terms of of our um, our place on the planet, our existence. And that's what I trust about each person that's listening to this, that your internal universe has something to say about this. So, um, and this is truly an important thing. And I'm, I'm not a fan of, you know, uh, hierarchical separation of peoples because when, when we do that, we separate all this, uh, possible knowledge that can be brought to the table from people who have all different kinds of experiences. And we actually live in a time period where we can share that stuff a little bit more. And that's the miracle, I think, of where we are as a civilization. Don't let anybody talk you out of your power. That shit is yours.
Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week.